This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Time. 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 It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hey, hey, all right. Let's go. Hour two of the show just now getting started here with you. I'm here. JB, better known as Brother John, better known as Dr. Brojo, is here driving this bus. He's going to get you and I home safely in our, you and I, he's going to get you and me home safely <laughs> in our driveways at around three o'clock where we can flip over then and listen to Jake and B on the drive in the afternoons here. So thanks for tuning in, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown Heroes, that's your local agents available to you in all 82 counties. Look them up, favorites.com. Thank you to Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast it is the best sausage period end of story try it you'll see what i mean denzel said uh, mary liddy should try out for kids the kids baking championships on the food network she'd do really well I am biased. I am incredibly biased, but I kind of feel like Mary Lady's going to do well at just about anything she wants to do. <laughs> do. Do all parents feel that way? I know most do. I think we all feel that way. I would say soak these moments up mm-hmm. because it's coming when they're being junior high yeah, and then high school, and they develop into their own person, and you, and you have to uh, – you have to be able to let them go. I mean, you raise them to let them go, and that's the hardest thing in the world to do. Mm, yeah. Well, and you're feeling it today, aren't you? Where little oh, man, brother. little man's yeah. 29 years old today. Yeah, I've got one more behind him, and he's 20. Uh, how old is he? 27. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my kids are. Uh, my daughter and my my son are are uh, two years apart, and then my two boys are 18 months apart. Yeah. Well, it does, you know, I can already sense it, how fast it all flies by. You know, she's nine years old. I don't know what happened, but it's like the first three years, first year, second, she's three, you know, toddler, three years old. That all seemed to, we, we were just clicking along, really soaking that up. Every day was an adventure. And then it's like we went to bed and she was three o'clock. I mean, I'm sorry, she was three years old and we woke up and she was six. Like, where did that time go? Yeah. We, we don't know where it went. And I hear it only picks up speed. <laughs> it, it, it's a downhill train, that's yeah, for certain. For sure, for sure. Uh, y'all text me. I'm going to jump back into this countdown of 100 teams. That's coming up. Uh, we're going to look at Texas Tech. We talked about them being team number 41. Today we are actually 40 days away from September the 5th. I don't know if y'all realize that or not. It's 40 days from right now. It's Saturday, September the 5th. And again, it is hairy. It's hard to figure out. We don't know what it's going to look like. But I just, listen, I believe in about 40 days from right now, we're going to be watching some college football in some shape, form, or fashion. I really do. 
you know, Major League Baseball. College football decision makers are going to make decisions this week. I can't wait to talk about this with you coming up because there's some stories and details out there on this. Uh, but, yeah, you've got the presidents of the ACC getting together to make a decision on Wednesday whether they're going to move forward with football or not. They're probably going to make the decision to move forward with football, and then coaches are going to get their schedules. It may not have hard dates and times on it yet, Wednesday, but they will, they'll move forward and get ready to start practicing. Why? Listen, if they're going to play in September, they must start practice now, and they know that. I understand all the reasons not to, and they do too. But I think they're going to tiptoe forward and begin practice. I think it will happen in the SEC too. I'll give you those details and kind of what's being reported out there. I, I am intentionally pushing that back into a later section of today's show just because while we're on the air with you, it gives us more of an opportunity for something to break because stuff is like changing by the hour. It seems like in the sports world as they make all these decisions, including like here's a great example of that. Okay, here's a great example. Bob, let's see, who is Bob? Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Major League Baseball columnist. Talking about a Monday owner's call among baseball, Major League Baseball owners. It's happening today. Here's what he said. This was the regularly scheduled Monday owner's call, and several Major League Baseball owners insist there is no talk of canceling the season during their discussions. Okay, they're going to play ball. The There are two games tonight that are postponed because the Marlins had an outbreak of positive tests. I think 13 individuals included two coaches or staff members. But they're not stopping it. They're not canceling it. They're just kind of easing forward in this whole deal. So we'll talk about the college football stuff coming up. Hog Jowl on the Country Please and Text Line says Mary Liddy is as sharp as a tack. And, oh, how about that? So our anniversary, the 26th, is also your birthday. Happy uh, belated birthday. Yesterday he hit this big 6'9". That's a big one right there, Hog Jowl. <laughs> Next year is going to be a lot of fun for you and your buddies and the things they'll say about you. <laughs> Just get ready for that. Now, I wanted to read this one, too, this text, and then... And we'll get into the countdown. Um, I don't have a name with this, so we'll just go with unnamed texture. Matt, I watched one of your YouTubes. Uh, your, I'm sorry. I watched one of your videos on YouTube yesterday and enjoyed it greatly. You said something that caught my ear about your trip to Starkville, that it feels like coming home. I share those feelings and was hoping you could expound on what exactly you were referring to. He went on to say, Starkville is a special place for me due to the fact that the Lord brought people into my life that taught me to read his word for myself and pointed me to Christ. Even though I don't live there anymore, it does indeed feel like coming home to me when I visit. Yeah, here's what I would say. Um, for me personally, the reason I said that, by the way, if you want to see, um, uh, I post brand new YouTube videos every day and you can check those out just youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt media or just you know search my name there on YouTube you'll see it 
the reason it feels like home, like, and I go there a lot. So somebody might go, well, that's a little strange. Why would you say it feels like home? Because I mean, you're there anyway. I am, but I don't live there. I'm not there every week, certainly this time of year. Now, during the school year, football season, baseball season, I'm there just about every week. You know, at least a day or two a week. But anyway, um, it's just as simple as it was home for college. I was there for five years. I redshirted my first year, so that was there for five. And in those five years, it's pretty much, you know, some some definitely some formative years in your life, the years that you're in college. And uh, that's why, you know, it's familiar. Now, it certainly has transformed. A lot of places transform over and change over 20 years. But that place, Starkville and the campus, has absolutely transformed over the last 20 years since I was there. But still, there's just this, I don't know, it's, it's a nostalgia thing. But because I went to school there, played there, it's near and dear to me. Friends still live there. Many people I know. Many people I have loved over the years. Lifelong friendships, that's where we met. Experiences, memories, all that stuff. So it's like going back home um, for me. You know, the... Going to Alabama to visit my family is like going back home, but we always moved around and my family has continued to move around. It's not like I can go back and visit a lot of the same places I grew up in Alabama, not not visit family there and stuff anymore, not go back and take part. But I can do that in Starkville. And so that's it. It's just when I go back there, it's like going back home. Uh, to this point, the Lord has never really opened the door for me to go back there permanently. But I will go so far as to say this. I know without a shadow of a doubt that the Wyatts will wind up living there again at some point. <laughs> now, I, it's a matter of it, uh, when, but I don't think it's a matter of if. We'll be there. We'll move back there at some point. It's just how far out down the road in the future is that remains to be seen. But thanks for your text. All right. As I said, we had the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Got it started just a little bit ago. Team number 41 presented by, the countdown is presented by, Matt Anderson. Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. He can help you buy or sell that piece of property. Timberland, hunting land, recreational property. Lakefront, waterfront, building a home, whatever the case is. And the cool thing is he's got this land 360-degree drone touring technology where you can see the place very intimately without ever setting foot on it. It's really a cool way to kind of search and look and get an idea of what you you may want to buy. And if you're selling property, let, it, let him help you. He's going to get you um, reports, comprehensive reports on who's looking at your listing, where, how often, all those kinds of things. So y'all hit him up. Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. It's a 601 number, 408-5155. Told you a minute ago, it's Texas Tech, the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. They went 4-8 and eight last year but returned a whole bunch of players. I'm going to give you... 
some details. They are in the Big 12, so their scheduling and stuff is still up in the air. It's going to be Matt Wells' second year. Prior to that, he was the head coach at Utah State. Did really well at Utah State, but they kind of ran into a snag last year. A little more on their personnel and their schedule coming up. First, though, I'm going to take a phone call right here on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. It's JSU1. What's up, JSU? Hey, hey, how you doing today? I'm just right. Thanks for calling. Yeah, my, uh, my nephew's son is the running back out there at uh, – Really? What's his name? Sir Roderick Thompson. Yeah, I'm seeing that. So they list they list uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, a sophomore, as the starting running back at Texas Tech. Right. And if he's, I, uh, he's from Texas. Well, you know, cause my nephew was living out there at Texas at the time, so he's from Texas, and, uh, and he went in going to Texas Tech. Uh huh. I'm looking at this uh, JSU one so. Am I reading this right? He was third team all Big 12 last year as a freshman? Right. So he's big time. Right. 153 yards. They had another guy playing, an older guy. Right. Yeah, um, but then and he, he left. And he left. And this is – I'm looking at last year. He missed three games. Thompson stepped up 153 yards against Baylor. Uh-huh. And led the team with 765 rush yards, but had 12 rushing touchdowns yep. last season for Texas Tech. Very cool. And so that's a relative of yours. Does it make you want to follow them a little closer when you know? Oh. Well, <laughs> I, tend, I tend to make sure we watch Texas Tech game when, they, when we can get them. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, I mean, the Big 12 has – I'm trying to think they have TV contracts like with Fox. And so a lot of their games will be on Fox Sports 1 and stuff like that. But – the thing is, this year, JSU won, like, here we sit on July the 27th, and, and we don't know when and where we're going to get to watch them, much less, you know, who they're playing. We don't know if, the, if they're going to be playing right. yet. We're still kind of waiting on that. That's it. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Okay. That's very cool. We've got a listener to the show that's a direct relative to Sir Roderick Thompson, sophomore running back, Texas Tech, all Big 12 last year, third team. As a freshman, 13 rushing touchdowns. You know, and I'm looking at Texas Tech's schedule. There's already one game that's not going to happen for them, and it's the previously scheduled Week 2 game for the Red Raiders against Alabama State. Alabama State in the SWAC. SWAC has announced that they're pushing all their stuff back from the fall. They would play in the spring at the earliest. So... Um, that, are, that puts them, let's just say, hypothetical. Let's say that's the only cancellation on the schedule. Just what if that's the only cancellation on the schedule for Texas Tech? It means they would have two open dates within a month because the schedule would have them playing no one on September 12th and then an open date on October 10th. Okay, so this gives you an idea of Every school, all it takes is one league out here who's playing non-conference games to cancel stuff, and it puts the rest of the country in scramble mode. And what you have is more than one league. You've got the Big Ten who said, we're not playing non-conference games. you got the Pac-12, same thing. We're not going to do it, not playing non-conference. SWAC, who, like this, was on a bunch of Division One schedules, Power Five schedules as non-conferences, have postponed their entire season. So everybody's scrambling. 
And it's not going to be a matter. I, I just don't think it's a matter for anybody of, hey, let's play a 12-game season. I, I don't think I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do, but I certainly don't think that's what's reality right now for anybody is 12-game season. It's more like, you know, 10-game conference seasons for everybody, figuring out who, what, when, and where, what that schedule is. Or 10 conference games plus maybe one non-conference game if you can fit it in there. Right? Stuff like that. That's what I think we're looking at. So for Texas Tech, they had have scheduled – a season opener against UTEP on September the 5th in 40 days. And it's actually on the road in El Paso. If I'm looking at this right, it's a true road game to start the year for Texas Tech in El Paso. Um, Scheduled 40 days, September 5th. And then week two, they had Alabama State scheduled. Not happening. Week three for Texas Tech, they had on the schedule Arizona. Arizona's a Pac-12 team. That ain't happening either. And then they would jump into conference play on September 26th on the road at Iowa State. So, number one, this is not final. We don't know that indeed this is you know what they're going to do. It's I'm just saying this is a hypothetical that if if they were to Stick with the schedule they have, and just you've got two non-conference games that are removed. It means that in the entire month of September, Texas Tech would play two games, and they're both on the road. One at the beginning of the month to open a year. Another one three weeks later. I'm sorry, at the beginning of the month. Another one three weeks later at the end of the month. Both of them on the road. The way it's scheduled right now at UTEP. And at Iowa State. Again, it's just, you know, the way that it's scheduled. Give another example, like Big 12 teams, what are they doing? Last week, Oklahoma announced that their season opener versus Missouri State had been moved up to August the 29th, one week earlier than they had originally scheduled it. It is trying to make room for everything that they want to make room for. And so, give you an example of what they're dealing with. Now, this is the ACC, but this Texas Tech obviously doesn't play in the ACC. But you have three of the Power Five conferences out there that are going to make some pretty significant decisions this week. Listen, y'all, it'll happen this week. The SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, they will make some decisions this week, some important ones. So Tony Barnhart, he's a part of the Sports Illustrated network of of writers and things out there now. And he's got his ear close to the situation. He reported this yesterday about the ACC. Listen. The ACC presidents are going to meet on Wednesday and approve or not moving forward with the football season. If they agree Wednesday to move forward with the football season, The league's coaches are expecting to come out of that. Maybe that same day could get their schedules 
You got football coaches on what the schedule is right now. So here's what the ACC reportedly is looking at. The current 12-game schedule that starts on September 5th, considered to be the least likely scenario. Number two, a schedule of 10 conference games and one non-conference game, which would move the start of the season back to September the 12th. Now that option gives the most income from television partners. 11 games, it all starts one week later than original. But the significant part, the ACC could play a 10-game schedule against themselves, and teams can just add one non-conference game. And then the third option they're considering, a schedule of eight conference games plus one non-conference game with a start date at the end of September. This gives all the schools more flexibility to move games around when and if necessary. Anyway, that's what they're reporting that is that are the most likely scenarios. Now, what's interesting about this is he is hearing, and he put it in his article yesterday, that the model the coaches will receive coming out of Wednesday will not have dates or times on the games just yet. That's odd to me. But the 12-game schedule as is starting on the opening weekend, he's saying is unlikely, the least likely scenario. Most likely for the ACC, a 10-game conference schedule, one non-conference, and it starts on September 12th, or eight conference games, one non-conference game, a nine-game schedule, and it starts on September the 26th. That's the ACC. Guarantee you, same scenario for the SEC. Stick around. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at the zone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9, the zone. Yeah, I do like banana pudding. How'd he know? How did that guy know when he wrote that promo? People must be paying attention to me. That's a scary thought. Mm hmm. I'm thankful for hot coffee today from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com, order it. Dan, the coffee man, will send it to you. And uh, if you're like me, you'll be glad that he did. I can't get enough of it. I drink too much dang coffee, but I just admit it. It's just the way it is. It stains my teeth. I drink so much of it. I guess, guess what? I'm going to keep drinking it. <laughs> they make whitening toothpaste. That's right. Yeah, so what do you think? You that that glowing white, and you'll have that pearl drops with a tooth polish grin. Like if I went and got my teeth bleached and came out tomorrow, people would know it'd be that drastic. <laughs> 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 I need it to be a slow process. All right, look. Previous statement, y'all listen up. You will learn something. Here's the way it is, y'all. Listen, I, I don't care about possibly being wrong. What do I, I mean, I do not care about any consequences of potentially being wrong about a prediction or something like that. Because 
number one, if you're worried about that, you're just living in fear. And who wants to live in fear? It's no way to go about it. But number two, I do have a little information. And I think Hogjowl has a little information as well. He's a big Razorback Woo Pig Suey fan, and he texts the show, and he just had his 69th birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, belated. A day late here to you, Hogjowl. But he texts me just now on the Country Pleasing text line, and he says the SEC is looking at 10 games plus one ACC opponent. At least that's what I'm hearing in Arkansas. Hogjowl, that's what I'm hearing in Mississippi as well. And it makes total sense. Read the tea leaves, follow the timeline. All of this conversation about what these leagues are going to do in playing college football, it all falls under the umbrella of COVID-19 is more important. It could get worse. Things could change. They could make a decision tomorrow. We talk about it for three hours. And the very next week, something could change. We understand that. But we're going on what we have right now. And Hogjow, that's what I'm hearing. And you read the leaves. Look, who was the first Power Five conference to make a move? It was the Big Ten when they came out early and said, we're not playing any non-conference games. We're just going to play each other. That's it. They were the first to do it. They were early. The reason I use the word early is because the other conferences, Hogjow, the other Power Five conferences thought, we're going to do this thing together. Hey, we're the SEC. Hey, ACC, welcome to the meeting. Big 10, Big 12, uh, Pac-12, glad everybody's here. Now, let's work on this together, collectively. Best for everybody, since we've all got each other scheduled. But the Big 10 went outside the meeting and walked up and said, hey, media, we're not playing any non-commerce games. Boom, it hits Twitter. Why did we have stories about the SEC and its leaders kind of being angry frankly, that the Big Ten did what they did when they did it. Well, it's because they had a different impression of how all this was going to work. Big Ten doesn't care. Go do your own thing. Fine. Let them go do their own thing. Right after that, four days later, Pac-12. We're doing what the Big Ten's doing. (laughs) We're not playing any non-conference games. So now that's two of the Power Five out, which leaves three others still waiting until the last possible second to make that decision of how they're going to proceed the sec the acc and the big 12 and believe me the big 12 is watching the other two and so hogjow when i gave you what tony barnhart reported yesterday the acc is looking at three possibilities if the presidents vote on wednesday to proceed with football season Possibility number one, 12-game season as regular starting on September 5th, the least likely scenario. Possibility number two, 10-game conference schedule with one non-conference. It's a likely scenario. And the third possibility, an eight-game conference schedule and one non-conference. The last two are the most likely. The last two both involve largely playing themselves within their conference because they can control the testing of athletes and staff better within their own conference. And just one non-conference game. Because why? 
because they all have them scheduled. And Hogjow, you can bet your bottom dollar the SEC and the ACC are working together, arm in arm, and are are working together on this. You say it, I guarantee you it's coming from somewhere. The SEC looking at a 10 plus 1. That's what the ACC is looking at. You're hearing that in Arkansas. I'm hearing that in Mississippi. So, what is on the schedule then? Let's take a look at that. Who are the SEC teams? If the SEC, and they're going to make a decision this week, if the SEC comes out and goes, we're not starting our season on September the 5th. We're starting it one week later on September the 12th. We're not playing 12 games. We're playing 11. And those 11 games will be made up of 10 conference games and one non-conference. And oh, by the way, that one non-conference will be against an ACC team. We're working with them. They're working with us. Will you work with me for a second? Yeah. Hit me. Help help me understand something here, because I, I may have some erroneous information. What is the point of playing a non-conference game if there are not going to be any other games to be played? They're not going to be a national championship game. Is and that what we've been told so far? Well, I don't I mean, know that they've made a decision yet. Definitively, okay. Yeah, definitively, right. yeah. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, why play? Uh huh. A non-conference game, if it really has no bearing on anything nationally. I mean, I understand why you're going to play the conference game so you can have a conference champion. You know why it is, though, JB? Help me out. I think – here's my theory, okay, so I can't speak definitively either. My theory is that right now, as of July 27th, or this week when they're going to make the decision, is it's based on two things. Number one, the hope that there will be a college football playoff and therefore a national title game. Gotcha hope and then number two based on the fact that there's a whole bunch of existing contracts right now in the non-conference right okay example that that, that makes sense i mean especially the first one you said because i mean we don't know anything definitively even about the other fall sports and and those championships according to what i've been reading on yeah uh, ncaa and sec stuff so if there's the hope that we can still have those championship games. I'm good. I'm good. But if we're not going, if you're not going to have a championship game, there's no point in playing out of conference. You're right. There really isn't a point, other than, you know, money. some contractual. Yeah, money and TV. See, yeah. and and I took that as a clue, John, because in the three possible scenarios for ACC decision makers that Tony Barnhart outlined in his article, the second one which seems the most likely, which is a 10 plus one, the same thing Hall Giles hearing in Arkansas, 10 conference, one non-conference. His qualifier, when he said this is a likely option, he goes, and provides the most revenue from existing television contracts. Well, he would know because, I mean, gosh, he's been doing it since, like, when Methuselah was alive. (laughs) He's been, right. He covered, uh, uh, like he's covered Archie Manning and Bo Jackson, <laughs> right? And he's still writing about it. So here's what I thought I'd do. Let's say in a hypothetical world, let's just say if I'm reading the tea leaves and I'm making a prediction that what they're really looking really long and hard at right now is ACC and SEC are looking at a 10 plus one with each other. 
Well, who are the ACC teams already on schedules? Florida has Florida State at the end of the year. Georgia has Virginia from the ACC scheduled in week one and Georgia Tech scheduled from the ACC in the final week. So I think they'd get rid of Virginia because they got to keep the, the right. home state rival. And it's a neutral site game in Atlanta, which those aren't happening. That I can right. tell you. Yeah. Um, Kentucky does not have – yeah, they've got Louisville. They have the rivalry game at the end of the year with Louisville. They've got an ACC on the schedule. Uh, Missouri – I don't see an ACC for Missouri. South Carolina plays Clemson. Okay, Good at the end of the year, um, Tennessee. They have an ACC. Nope. Vanderbilt. Do they have an ACC team scheduled? No. Okay, so half, or or more than half. So four out of the seven Eastern Division teams already have ACC teams on their schedule. All right, let's look at the West. Alabama does not have an ACC regular season game. Arkansas does not have a regular season ACC, but they do have Notre Dame. Auburn has North Carolina from the ACC in week two. LSU does not. Mississippi State already has North Carolina State scheduled in week two of the season from the ACC. None for Ole Miss and currently none from the ACC for Texas A&M. So you have well over half of the SEC teams that already have ACC non-conference games scheduled, including one team that's got two of them scheduled. So it wouldn't be that hard to find them a replacement for their other non-conference games that they've had scheduled and throw in an ACC team on that particular schedule or date. That's it. Yeah, to fill it. in. Those two leagues fit like puzzle pieces in this scenario. We are pretty smart fellers, aren't we? <laughs> Stick around. Hey, if you love football, so does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now, online at TheZone1059.com. And on your radio, at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Ba, 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 ba. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Brother John here driving this bus, hitting all the right buttons. But most importantly, you're here. Thanks for tuning in, however you're listening, wherever you're listening from. Love to hear from you today. Call me. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's 995-1059. That's a 601 number. Text me on the Country Please and text line, Country Please and Sausage. It is 885-ESPN, 601 number, 885-ESPN. Text away. Love to hear from you. I'm not a drinker, and I know we just ran a PSA about alcoholism. I just thought I'd tell you that today is National Scotch Day. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, that was merely an excuse for me to get Ron Burgundy into the show. I don't know if that gets a thumbs up or a thumbs down. 
I'd get the thumbs up, but it's also uh, that stuff put hairs on your chest, man. Does it really? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, heard that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Ron Burgundy's got a hairy chest. Boy, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. I think it's real. No, it, uh, I don't know. It could be artificial turf. Unique New York. You know, I never did pick up on those voice exercises and uh, enunciation and diction exercises that he tried to do before his newscasts. No, well, Wimberly does them every day before the drive. You oh, should, come you on. You should see. He comes in here and sits in front of me at 2.30 just to do that. Just to do it? Yeah, it's distracting. Like it's you walk about. in and randomly you hear Jake over in the corner going, the skeleton was denied a bank loan. The That's skeleton correct. was denied a bank loan. <laughs> Minuscule meniscus, minuscule meniscus. <laughs> ah, we got Will Farrell in several days last week in his Harry Carey impression. Hi, and then now we got him in as Ron Burgundy. You remember what I? You remember when Will Farrell? Will Farrell's a big USC football fan, the Trojans of Southern Cal. Oh yeah, what they used to do the cheerleading skits. Uh huh. Yeah. And how he would, they've had several things like the band would be doing a big pep rally or something and they'd have Will Ferrell lead the band out, marching out in front of them, dressed up like a Trojan, like a, like a soldier. <laughs> a centurion. Yeah. He's got the skirt on and the sandals and the hat and everything. And he walks out with the sword, you know, pumping it up and down, marching in front of the band. It's great. Look that one up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's great. I'll just say this. Anybody that can wear a kilt or a centurion skirt, whatever they're called. Yeah. They they are comfortable in their manhood. Mm-hmm. Anybody can wear those confidently. Yeah. Then that's that's total confidence is what that is. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm not that confident. I don't think I am either. I just don't want to wear one, man. Me either. I like things to be sewn up, closed up. Mm-hmm. Not out in the open. That's right. That I think that is the one benefit of what happened in the garden. <laughs> the one clothes. benefit. Yeah, the one benefit is everybody had to wear clothes after that. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. If if a mosquito is gonna bite me on the butt cheek, I want it. I want to make it difficult on it. <laughs> I don't want to make it easy on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, got to get through some layers of polyester. <laughs> He's got to figure something out. Because I'm not going to just make it easy on it. Let's mm-hmm. move on and talk a little baseball. Right? Here we go. Bum, 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 bum. Sing along. Take me. On this day in baseball history, 1984. It had to be 1984 to you young whippersnappers. How come all the old timers used to go 19 and 84? <laughs> Why? <clears throat> 19 odd eight. Nope, 1984. Pete Rose passed Ty Cobb as the all-time singles leader when he collected his 3,053rd single off of Steve Carlton in a 6-1 to Expo victory over the Phillies. Did you catch that? It, by the time 1984 rolled around, Pete Rose was playing for the Expos, who then became the Nats. 
the Montreal switch hitter who will also pass the Georgia Peach to become the all-time hits leader, ends his 24-year career with 3,215 singles. Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle, man. He was Jake Mangum before there was Jake Mangum. <laughs> That's true. Did I get it backwards? Uh, Pete no. Rose. You know, anybody that runs over a catcher in an all-star game, uh-huh. you know he's pretty intense. Well, he basically ended Ray Fossey's career. I know it. With that. And some people were like, really blamed him for it. And you, just go, you go, well, they just they played the game a certain way all the time. You played the game. <laughs> you played to win the game. Big finish. Also significant in baseball on this day in 1989, in the Braves' 10 to 1 whipping of San Francisco, Dale Murphy became the 10th major leaguer to collect six RBIs in the same inning. Dale Murphy hit two three-run home runs in the Braves' 10-run sixth inning. It happened in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. He was 33 years old at the time. In 1980, if I'm wrong, but didn't they used to call Fulton County Stadium the launching pad? Oh, did they? I think. I think. So. I think maybe they did. Yeah. They used Pretty to. You know, it was a multi-use stadium, right? But for a kid, for a kid growing up in Alabama, who I was weird. I was odd. I didn't even know football existed until I was about 14 years old. That's the honest truth. I was a baseball kid. I just all I thought about was baseball all the time. Baseball, squirrel hunting, dove hunting, and occasionally a basketball game. <laughs> And it used, you know, but Atlanta Fulton County Stadium was multi-use, and so it would always be odd to me when I'd be watching and somebody hit a home run, and Pete Van Weren on the call on WTBS would say, "Man, he rattled that one off the football bleachers." You think, wait a minute, was he a what football bleachers? And you remember, yeah, for football, they took the outfield wall down and rolled out the rest of the stands. For you know, for the football crowd for the Atlanta Falcons because they played football in there too. I hated those things, and you saw it more uh, with the Giants and the A's mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Yeah, you, you did had those crazy fields. You know, you'd see the Raiders playing football on on Sunday, and then Monday, you got the A's or, or the Giants playing. Uh huh. Right. Crazy. You know, I I guess what the. The Oakland Raiders are now finally the Las Vegas Raiders. They've just moved to Las Vegas to their new stadium. But even up until this past year, they were playing in the Oakland Coliseum. That was also the home of the Oakland A's, a baseball stadium. Right? right. So you think about it, as a big NFL fan, John, for, for our entire lifetime, when you think of the Oakland Raiders, you can close your eyes and picture watching them on Monday Night Football playing on a baseball diamond. Well, I'll tell you this. The, the Raiders, for me, will always be just the Raiders because yeah. the, they have some schizophrenic paranoia going on because they couldn't ever find the, the, the city they wanted to be in. So this is just the opposite for what the the Washington football team are doing. Uh, I know they, it. They, they got the front name right. They can't get a, a, a nickname. Yeah. And the Raiders got the nickname right, but they can't, they can't find a place to call home. Right. How long will they stay in Las Vegas, or will they pack up and move to Saskatchewan? Yeah, right. And and that would not necessarily roll off the tongue, would it? No, no. The Saskatchewan Raiders. The minuscule meniscus. Yeah. And of course, you got the Chargers finally moved to Los Angeles, too. Rams are in there. 
I don't know what it is about Los Angeles. It's hard for them to keep a team there. Um, I think it's so many other things to do and see in Los Angeles. Maybe that's part of it. Um, hey, back it's to almost the, like going to Caledonia. Yeah, <laughs> so much to do and see. Uh, back to the college football thing. Jason texts us on the country pleasing text line. He said, suppose we get to December and bowl games, playoffs are impossible due to the patchwork of conference guidelines on top of the canceled interconference regular season games. Would the power five be willing to throw together an extra game or two against local smaller schools? Now, Jason, if I'm getting the connotation, what you're saying is, like in lieu of bowl games, just add a game in there against, I don't know, Southern Miss? Is that what you're implying? Shoot me a little more information on that, exactly what you mean, and, and then maybe we can discuss it. The first part of this, your qualifier for the question saying, you know, suppose we get to December and bowl games and playoffs are impossible. Well, look. Nobody in their right mind would read that right now as outlandish. I think any any of us in our right mind looks at it and goes, hey, hey that could happen. Shoot, yeah, that could happen. We might get to December and they say, nope, it's impossible. We don't know. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. The only thing in regards to college football that I can guarantee you with 100% certainty is that coming up in about 10 minutes from right now, I'm going to do team number 40 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days, brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. I can guarantee that. That's it. It's a team from the Big Ten. We'll look at the adjusted schedule for them and see what y'all think, among other things, in the third hour of the show coming up. Stick around. 